Blog Talk Radio. For all your college football needs, check out GoForTheTwo.com. Get the latest with college football insider Joe Lisi only at GoForTheTwo.com. Welcome to today's edition of the Weekly Blitz. I'm your host, Joe Lisi. We are rolling on a Tuesday afternoon. Doesn't get better than this. We have a great show lined up for you today. A lot going on in the college and pro football world. We'll get into that in a couple of seconds. But today's show is sponsored by Jersey Pump. Are you a gladiator or a spectator? Step into the arena of life at jerseypump.com. Everett Golson, it's official. He's moving on to Tallahassee. Made the decision today, held off yesterday. We thought the decision would come down yesterday afternoon. It didn't. Came down today. He'll be taking his talents to Tallahassee and head coach Jimbo Fisher's offense. Should give an added bolt to that offense that had Sean McGuire on the quarterback depth chart as the potential starter. But Everett Golson will throw his hat in the mix this coming fall for the Florida State Seminoles. Does his emergence mean that Florida State is now a top-five team? Absolutely not. I think Everett Golson's best chances to win a national championship would have been possibly going to Alabama or possibly going to an SEC team like Georgia in the mix. He did not. He decided to go to FSU. He'll make them much better, but when you look at the losses for Florida State overall last season, you look at their losses on the offensive line, Cam Irving, Trey Jackson gone, Heisman Trophy winner, Trigger Man, Jameis Winston gone from that offense, Carlos Williams gone, big play leading receiver Rashad Green gone, defensively takes a hit as well, Mario Edwards gone, Darby the quarterback, he's gone. So too many significant losses, in my opinion, for Florida State to automatically leap to a top-five competitor at the start of the season because they have Everett Golson. I think he'll be an added dimension that is much needed in that offense because when you look at McGuire last year, I think his performance against Clemson is a little bit overshadowed from what I saw on film. I know he threw for over 300 yards in that game to get the victory over Clemson. But when you look deeper in that ball game, he looked like a deer in the headlights early. Made some poor decisions early, threw an interception early in that ball game, turned the ball over, made some poor decisions, got bailed out by a fumble recovery late in the fourth quarter, which took that game to overtime. So it's a little bit misleading when you look at Sean McGuire's performance in that Clemson game. A lot has been said he performed great, 300 yards passing, but he got bailed out on a couple of occasions in that game. I think the front runner in the ACC still is the Clemson Tigers with big play quarterback Deshaun Watson coming back for his 
sophomore season. This is a guy that's dynamic, best quarterback in the conference, in my opinion, one of the top five quarterbacks in college football. Davo Sweeney, great job doing, uh, being done in Death Valley last year and throughout his tenure. Four straight seasons with ten wins. He's a guy that gets it done. He's a coach that doesn't get enough credit. He's a big game head coach. Now, I know they lose Vic Beasley. They lose Stephon Anthony to that off- uh, defense. But this is a, an offense that was dynamic with Deshaun Watson at the helm. Put up prolific numbers in Death Valley. I think they're the front runners for the ACC. I think Florida State's still second with Everett Golson at the helm. I think Everett Colson will win the job over Sean McGuire, if you're asking me. He's got big big game quarterback experience, adds a, a different dimension than McGuire brings. McGuire's a, a prototypical drop-back passer. You get pressure on McGuire, he tends to throw the ball away, and you can look at that spring game, thought he played okay, adequately, but within the system. I didn't think he did something so dynamic that uh, separated himself from the other quarterbacks. Everett Golson's a dynamic quarterback. I know he had interception issues, but he did throw for 29 touchdowns last season, much improved in the passing game last season under Brian Kelly and that offensive staff. He knows how to win. Did it on a big stage, took his team to the national championship in 2012. So this is a guy that knows how to win. He's going to be an added dimension. You're going to have to account for Everett Olson, but by no means is Florida State a top five contender because of his appearance on campus in Tallahassee. They have too many holes to fill. I think Dalvin Cook... Great running back that burst onto the scene, added to that offense. Florida State had some issues running the football last year. They were ranked 104th overall in the country at one point, only averaging about 129 rushing yards per game. That offensive line with Trey Jackson and Cam Irving didn't gel right away. Wasn't Alvin Cook came on in that game? that the offense really took effect. So that's something to keep an eye out for. This season with Everett Golson, he's a runner, he can break and chain, and he'll be an added dimension for Florida State, but by no means are they a top-five contender. Some other news and notes, Oregon State gets the quarterback from Utah State that'll transfer over, be uh, an added dimension to that offense, that played under Chucky Keaton. So we'll have to see how that plays. And Charlie Weiss still collecting a paycheck by Notre Dame, which is amazing to me. Unbelievable. But we have a lot to cover. I had a great interview yesterday with Takeo Spikes of the Jack Brewer Foundation and the Jack Brewer Group about the great work that they're doing in the United States and abroad. Today I had another opportunity to talk to, talk to a standout in Camp Randall Stadium. He was a two-time All-Big Ten first-team wide receiver selection. Outstanding, outstanding player in the NFL from 2004 to 2012. It was a first-round draft pick selection in the 2004 NFL draft by the Buffalo Bills, accumulating 381 
total receptions in his career for 6,008 receiving yards, 43 total receiving touchdowns in his outstanding career. But what's more outstanding is the work that he's doing outside the NFL. I had a great conversation today with former Wisconsin wide receiver and former big play NFL wide receiver, Lee Evans. Take a listen. But without further ado, I want to welcome in former Big Ten wide receiver and NFL wide receiver, Lee Evans. Lee, how are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for joining me. Outstanding career in the NFL and in, in Camp Randall in Wisconsin. You tore it up. I know you're affiliated with a great organization called the Jack Brewer Group. You recently took a trip to Haiti. Tell me about the Jack Brewer Group, how you became affiliated, and the, and the great work that you're doing uh, in countries like Haiti. Yeah, uh, you know, I met Jack through uh, this uh, NBA program that we're doing right now, and um learned a little bit about his company, and, you know, he said he was uh, doing some things with some of the infrastructure in Haiti and invited some of the guys to come down. And so I thought it was a great opportunity to go and, you know, one, see Haiti, help out, and, you know, just kind of be a part of, you know, everything that he was doing down there. And uh, the experience was, was fantastic. And, you know, some of the things that he's doing down there is trying to, you know, build some sports programs uh, to you know, get some of the Haiti talent uh, shown to the world. And so uh, being a part of that and, you know, they were, you know, we were doing some some football things with them, which was, you know, not their natural sport, but, you know, they embraced it. They had a lot of fun with it, and we had a lot of fun too. I had Takeo Spikes on yesterday and, and, and just admire great, athletes that not only perform on the field but give back to the communities such as you and, and Takeo in, in terms of the work that you do off the field. What was the biggest thing that when you did, did get to Haiti and arrived there, was there, I mean, what was the scene like? I know that the country has been ravished by earthquakes. They are in deep need of uh, medical attention, and a lot of children come from impoverished areas that don't even get to play sports like soccer, football, baseball. Talk to me about the environment and, and what you saw when you were down there. You know, the environment actually, you know, was, very shocking to me, you know, you, you know, you just touched on a lot of things that, you know, people, you know, think about when, when you talk about Haiti and some of the, you know, the, the things that they've gone through and some of the poverty, but, you know, we saw a different side of it as well. And some of the nice, some of the nice areas and some of the beautiful things and beaches that they have out there in Haiti, um, you know, beautiful people and, and, and just a, a very welcoming culture. And so, you know, we had a great time, you know, seeing some of the, you know, some of the nicer things in Haiti and seeing some of the, you know, the impoverished things as well. So, you know, overall, it was it was a fantastic trip. And, you know, I think going down there and, you know, being a part of that um, and, and, and helping, you know, helping some of the youth in, in, in some of those sports programs that we were doing, I think, was, was fantastic. And I think that will be something that they'll remember for a long time. I think it's incredible, and, I, and being a part of the media, I, I'm very judgmental of how the media jumps on all the negative all the time, and there's great mm -hmm. things that former players such as yourself and Takiyo and others I've had on my show, and uh, a couple of you, you know, a former, your former teammates have been on the show, and I'll get into that in a little bit, but 
uh, how the media always concentrates on the negative all the time. And there's great works being done by former players such as yourself, where the game of football has allowed you to give back to certain communities in the United States and abroad. And so much is concentrated on the negative all the time that uh, the NFL allows players such as yourself to, to give avenues where you can give back. Do you feel that as well in terms of media attention, how they, they concentrate so much on the negative and not enough is brought to the great works that former and current players are doing? Yeah, I think you have. I think you have a lot of that going on. Um, you know, I think they'll you know create headlines. But I, I would say that you know majority majority of the players that I play with and that I know from you know regardless of sport, they all have a passion in in their own way to want to give back in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's their community through a foundation, helping helping another foundation. Uh, trying to find a way to give back, to be impactful, and to, you know, to help motivate and, you know, be a good role model to the youth, um, to the youth coming up. So I think that's something that's, you know, in a lot of athletes that doesn't get brought out. And, you know, you know Jack Brew and his foundation has, has certainly provided, you know, a way for us to do that, in, you know, internationally and as well as some of the things that he does domestically. I agree with you. Top-notch organization, and I've had a number of athletes uh, from the Jack Brewer group on the show, so I just know that it's a top-notch organization, and they're doing great works within the community. So uh, give them a lot of credit for giving back. You tore it up in college. You tore it up in the NFL playing uh, for the Buffalo Bills, the Baltimore Ravens, and then ending your career briefly with the Jacksonville Jaguars from 2004 through 2012. But you did it on the big stage. Tell me if you could talk to younger players now, making the transition from high school to college or college to the NFL, what do you feel is the biggest thing they have to learn as football players uh, to, to make their game successful? I, well, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a loaded question, but I, I think when you, when you know, when you're transitioning from, from high school to college and from college to the pros, every time you go up a different level, the game completely changes. So you have to be, you have to be hungry enough and work hard enough to prove yourself all over again. And, you know, what you did in the past really doesn't correlate into into this new game, whether it's from high school to college or college to pro. And so being able to start over and learn what it takes to succeed at this level, learning from the veterans, learning, you know, different teammates, taking coaching, things like that, you know, I think you have to be humble enough to, to understand that, you know, what you did before just gave you a platform to get to where you are now. But to succeed at that level you're going to have to learn what it takes to be successful. And so, and, and, and that's the process, and that's the process. So um, it, it takes a lot of patience and, and even more than that, a lot, a lot of hard work. And so uh, I, I think if you can stick to those principles, then you give yourself a good chance to be successful. That's great advice, and I've heard it time and time again from former NFL players that when you make the jump from college to the NFL, you have to treat it as a business because it's next man up. If you're not ready, then uh, then there will be another person waiting to take your job. 
I want to talk about your, your alma mater in college, Wisconsin, because I've had and have a very good relationship with your former teammate, Anthony Davis, who toured mm-hmm. up in Camp Randall back in the day. He's been on the show many times. We talk Big Ten football, talk about uh, your, your former team back in the day, and you were a two-time first-team All-Big Ten selection, tore it up. I, I mean, unbelievable NFL stats, 381 career NFL receptions, 6,008 total receiving yards with 43 touchdowns. You set an NFL record with two touchdowns over 80 yards in one quarter. You did it back in 2006 against the Houston Texans. But talk to me about your time in Madison, Wisconsin, playing in the Big Ten with guys like Anthony Davis, Brooks Bollinger, just to name a few. What was that experience like playing in the Big Ten at that time? Oh, it was fantastic. It was it was, it was it was great. And, you know, I still have a lot of ties and a lot of roots back to Wisconsin. I still go back for a number of games every year and, and support the so support the sports programs. I mean, it, it's really great. And I'm still really close with a lot of guys from Wisconsin that I play with, including Anthony Davis. So, you know, I see him and, and talk to him occasionally. So it's, you know, the, the bond that we had in Wisconsin was, you know, it's just something that you don't necessarily get when you go to the pro level, you know, just being able to really grow up together as as young men coming up playing sports and, and, and having a great time learning as well. So, um, you know, Madison was great. The fans up there are, I mean, they're, they're second, to, second to none. And, you know, like I said, I go back a lot and, and still, you know, is respected up there and, and, and have a lot of fun. So I do anything and everything I can to support the program and up in Wisconsin and the the, the new coaching staff coming in. I got a chance to meet them and, you know, kind of pick their brains a little bit. And so it, it's good to be able to go back and still, you know, be still relate to the program and still know people up there who you can, who you can talk to. When you look at what Barry Alvarez built there, and then you see his performance last year uh, in the Outback Bowl, bringing the the flavor back to Madison, knocking off Auburn and an SEC team, just a great run when you think about the Big Ten Conference overall, not just Wisconsin, but Big Ten overall, shocking the Big 12, Michigan State over Baylor. You saw Wisconsin over Auburn, and then to see – Big Ten champion Ohio State win the national championship. How did that make you feel in terms of all the scrutiny that maybe the Big Ten has gotten over the the recent years? Did it feel good to see a a team break through and knock off the SEC and and win the national title? Yeah, I I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. And I think, you know, what we have coming to the Big Ten now, you know, because it's all cyclical to, you know, to a certain extent. You know, the Big Ten was strong for a while back in the early 2000s, and the SEC became strong. You know, Pac-10 was in there. And, and so now the Big Ten is, you know, I, I think it's really coming back around with, you know, some of the coaches and some of the talent that we have coming to the conference. So it's going to be very competitive and very fun to be a part of. I agree with you. I think it's going to be a couple of years, but in, in a couple of years you see the Big Ten be the conference due to uh, the way big, the Big Ten dominated in the bowl game. So I agree with yeah. you, and, and it's, it'll be a carry-through effect from Ohio State's championship when in 2017 I think you'll really see the effects of it from the conference top to bottom. You mentioned Paul Christ, the new head coach, 
Do you feel he's the guy that could bring it back? I mean, they struggled a little bit offensively in terms of passing under Gary Anderson, former uh, Wisconsin head coach who moved on now to Oregon State. But do you feel Paul Chris, who was the offensive coordinator with Russell Wilson, will get things back on track in terms of uh, dominating offensive line and uh, bringing along the play-action passing game the way he did with Russell Wilson? I do. I do, and I think he's a, a great fit and an unbelievable hire uh, for for the Badgers. And so, uh, it, you know, when it happened, I was very excited. I was, you know, he, he came to Wisconsin the year um, that I was out with the injury. And so I, I never got a chance to play for him, but I met him while I was in college and then. Um, and then he came into coaching the year after I left. So I, I never got a chance to play for him, but I, I, I've seen what he's done and some of the guys that he has coached, you know, Brandon Williams, Brandon White, um, you know, some of the receivers there, they love him. They love him. And as, as, as I've talked to him before and now, I think I think he's a great fit and I think he'll do really, really well, not just not just on the offensive end, but overall for the, for the entire program. He's a Wisconsin guy. He, he You know, he knows the lay of the land up there, so I think he'll – They'll fit in great and, and, you know, kind of continue what, you know, Coach Alvarez is building, even, you know, hopefully take it to another level. I agree with you. I think he's the guy. I know uh, he had an average record at Pittsburgh, but I really feel like he understands the landscape, like you mentioned, in Madison and really uh, tutored Russell Wilson in the play-action passing game, really matured in the Mm -hmm. play-action passing game, with dominant offensive line, and I think that Joel Stavi or Tanner McAvoy will definitely uh, be an added benefit to have Paul Christ as the head coach. So I agree with you. I want to turn our attention, and I want to thank you for joining me today to your former team and I have to admit you played for the Bills you're a number one draft pick back in uh, 2004 13th overall outstanding player in the Big Ten you move on to Buffalo 2004 to 2010 I have to admit I'm a Dolphin fan so I didn't like seeing you tear up the secondary the way you did uh, against the fish for six years but talk to me about your former team Buffalo Rex Ryan, do you feel he's the guy to really bring this team back to the playoffs? They have a ton of talent offensively and defensively. Do you feel he's the coach to bring back a, a playoff run there? I do. I do. And I think I think that was another, you know, a, a great hire by the Bills. And, you know, I think they've done a lot to, you know, surround, um, you know, that defense with a lot of talent offensively and and the way the way that they've done it, I think, is you know they're they're poised to go to the playoffs, and so and, and I think you know I've, I've seen some of the things that you know they did. I think it was on ESPN. Um, I, I think the people of Buffalo will really embrace Rex Ryan as well. You know, I think he's a you know he's a hard nosed guy. You know, and I think he fits the culture of what Buffalo is all about. So I'm really excited to see how it all pans out, and you know, hopefully. A, a, you know, starting now, a playoff berth will be huge for the city of Buffalo. We'll see what happens. I, I know former head coach Doug Marone, which I think he did a terrible move, and he's the epitome, and uh, maybe I'm a little outspoken, but I feel like Coach Marone was the epitome of the grass is always greener on the other side. This is a guy that had legitimate weapons on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, takes the team to a 9-7 and record, but wasn't happy with the Sammy Watkins 
tra- uh, you know, picking Sammy Watkins number one overall, which in my in my opinion, I think he's an unbelievable uh, sensation, Sammy Watkins. They should have taken him, but wasn't happy with that. Thought he was going to get the New York Jets job and now winds up as a coordinator for Jacksonville. Uh, I'm not happy seeing coaches do that. I mean, can you give me any input on that? I mean, do you feel that that's, you know, his reasoning that way? I mean, do you feel like he was justified in that fact? You know, it's hard to say. You know, he he came in with, you know, you know before, um, you know, with, before this new, uh, before the new owners took over. So, um, so he may have had some type of uncertainty with that. It's hard for me to, to you know, to know that or to, to speculate what that's about. But, uh, you know, coaches like players, you know, I think they do what's, what's best for them. And at that point in, in, in his time in Buffalo, you know, I thought he, you know, maybe seen a, seen a way to get out and, and took it. So, you know, it, it's really hard to speculate exactly why or to, you know, say it was good or bad for for whatever reason. I think, you know, the moves that Buffalo made going forward after that happened, I think have been great. And so I'm I'm much more looking forward forward to the future in Buffalo than than necessarily what happened in the past. Great point. I I, I want to thank you for joining me. We're talking to Lee Evans, former Big Ten standout wide receiver and former star NFL receiver for the Buffalo Bills and Baltimore Ravens. Lee, I want to talk about Sammy Watkins. You're a former big play wide receiver, set records in the NFL. What is the one thing about Sammy Watkins that you admire about his game? Because I think he's an unbelievable talent, can go over the middle, can stretch the field, has soft hands, unbelievable speed. But what is the one thing that you like in in Sammy Watkins' game right now? You know, I just, I, I just like watching him play. I like his playmaking ability. You know, like you said, he was able – he was going over the middle. He was, you know – he was, you know, catching catching bombs. He was running past people, and you know, so he's a he's a threat when he gets the ball. And so I think he, you know, he he's somebody that you have to account for at all times on you know on the defensive side of the ball. So I, you know, it was it was you know a, a real treat to watch him get out there and and play. I know he he played through some injuries, so he showed a lot of toughness this year, and, and still was able to make a, a ton of plays. So. I think his his maturity and his growth from last year to this year, you know, especially if he can stay healthy, will be will be great. And so I'm 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 really looking forward to seeing how you know how he, you know how he takes it into the next year. I agree with you. I think he's going to be a, a no sophomore slump for Sammy Watkins. I think he's just going to just no, go so. where he left off last year. I think the Dolphins better worry about him. They better double-team him at all times, but uh, we'll talk about that on another day. When you talk about this year's draft class, wide receiver-wise, I don't know if you had an opportunity to watch some of the players last year, but just a deep, deep wide receiver class, in my opinion, one of the best that we've seen in recent years. I look at some wide receivers. I look at a guy like that fell in the third round, like Sammy Coates from Auburn. Uh, I feel just a raw talent that can take the top off the defense, a physical guy, and you look at first-round draft pick Amari Cooper, who, in my opinion, just like Sammy Watkins, a 5 tool player in terms of speed, hands, route-running ability, I just think he possesses it all. But from top to bottom, just a solid, solid 2015 draft class. Is there one guy in this draft class that Lee Evans likes better than others, maybe? Is there a guy that you looked at in this draft class that you go, wow, he's a guy that reminds me of me, or he's a guy that I think has it all? 
You know, I like I like Cooper. I like Cooper a lot. You know, I watched him I watched him play in a number of games last year and you know, his route running technique was very smooth. He was very natural running and catching the ball, making big plays, has a lot of speed. So I think he's a guy who, you know, who who will transition into the league very well just just by his the the way he moves, the way he runs route, it, it, you can tell that he has a you know, a, a technical sense to him that, that gives him a lot of explosion in playing the receiver position. So I'm really excited to see him play this year. Yeah, it should be very interesting. And Derek Carr has some weapons on the offensive side of the ball. The Raiders are loaded mm-hmm. offensively. Can they come through defensively in a very, very tough AFC West? We'll see. Lee, I just want to thank you again for joining me today. Again, I believe that you and uh, players like Takeo Spikes are role models for athletes young and old, admire the way you play the game, but more importantly, what you do off the field. I just think you're a, a true inspiration for people of all ages. I want to thank you for coming on the show today, and you're more than welcome and always welcome uh, to break down some Wisconsin football with Anthony Davis and myself. I'd love to have you on as the season inches closer. I hope you enjoyed it today. Will do. Thanks, Joe, for having me. Thank you, Lee. Have a great day. You too. That was former Big Ten standout wide receiver Lee Evans, 13th overall pick in the 2004 NFL draft. This guy brought it each and every week takes the top off the defense, route running, unbelievable route running, smooth hands, speed. He's a two-time first-team All-Big Ten selection. He's the first player in NFL history to record two-plus 80 yards reset touchdowns in one quarter. He had two 83-yard receptions for touchdowns in 2006 against the Houston Texans. In his outstanding career in the NFL, 381 receptions, 6,008 receiving yards, and 43 total receiving touchdowns. Unbelievable man. Played for Buffalo from 2004 to 2010. Played with the Ravens in 2011. Ended his career with Jacksonville in 2012, but just part of an unbelievable organization called the Jack Brewer Foundation and the Jack Brewer Group. Main office is based out in Minneapolis, Minnesota, started and founded by former NFL player Jack Brewer, and they're doing great, great works inside and abroad the United States. It's incredible what they're doing, giving back to communities, giving back to impoverished people, and that's, that's what the NFL provides. It's not just money. It's not just the negatives that we hear about. It's, it's giving players an avenue to give back, give, setting the stage to give back to the communities that they were a part of. And that's what I admire. And just, just a class act in Lee Evans, let me tell you. Remember his career back in the day, tore it up for Barry Alvarez and, and was the big play threat for the Badgers. So just a great guy. Unbelievable information to have him on the show, hear him talk about Sammy Watkins, hear him talk about Rex Ryan, hear him talk about Paul Christ and that Wisconsin offense that should be much improved and not one-dimensional this year in 2015. Expect the quarterbacks to have progression, whether it be Joel Stavi, Tanner McAvoy, they will progress under Paul Christ. Something that they couldn't do in big games last year under Gary Anderson. 
very close to the vest type of coaching, Gary Anderson. He moves on to Oregon State. So we'll see how he does in the Pac-12. But felt like Gary Anderson was a little uh, above himself in the Big Ten last year. Won the games he was supposed to. And then once he stepped up in competition in the Big Ten championship game, felt like he was outcoached by Urban Meyer. And I, I said that last year. Thought he was outcoached by Urban Meyer in the Big Ten championship game. Game plan was flat, one-dimensional. Once they shut down Melvin Gordon and once they fell behind with the turnovers, that was it. They were done. That's a different group out of Paul Crisp. He's been there. Helped Russell Wilson progress in the passing game. And read defenses. And that's something that Joel Stavi and Tanner McAvoy need right now. So we'll see how they come out in fall fall camp in August. Should be very interesting. They open up against Nick Saban and Kirby Smart and Lane Kiffin. So it should be an interesting week one matchup. Alabama and Wisconsin, unbelievable. Corey and I will be back on Wednesday. We've had an expanded edition of the weekly blitz. I love it. It's great. I love talking college and pro football with former NFL and college stars. It's great. That's what makes college and pro football so great. We're still talking about it in the month of May. So Corey and I will be back on Wednesday night. Stay with us all season long on the Weekly Blitz. Have a great week, everyone.